Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. With AT&T in-car Wi-Fi, elevate your adventure by transforming your vehicle into a reliable Wi-Fi hotspot. Connect up to 10 devices up to 50 feet away from your vehicle, making it ideal for camping and road trips. Don't miss out on the fun. Embark on your next adventure today. Visit att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi to check if you're eligible for a free trial. Always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. Tired of restless nights? At Lisa, we know good sleep is essential for mental, physical, and emotional health. From memory foam mattresses to hybrids that keep you cool all night long, Lisa's mattresses offer exceptional comfort and support with free delivery and 100 nights to try out your mattress in the comfort of your home. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com slash iHeart for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details. Welcome to the Hank Haney Podcast, a production of iHeartRadio. Gonna tell it like it really is. We know Haney doesn't give a shh. Silencing critics, eliminate misses. Two chips never accept on shoulders to get better. Everybody knows the name. Read about it. We're golf teachers, Hall of Fame. Never doubt it. It's time for the truth. Here's our dude. You're listening to Haney. You're listening to Haney. You're listening to Haney. It's time for the truth, here's our dude. You're listening to Haney. Yeah. Listening to Haney. Hey. Welcome to the Hank Haney Podcast. Hank Haney and Minnesota Tim Parachka. Uh, Minnesota Tim, I'm going to give you the weather report for Phoenix first, okay? Okay. Since you always give me a Minnesota uh, weather report. Uh, Wednesday, 90 degrees. Thursday, 96, Friday, 98, and then seven straight days forecast to be over 100. That's steamy. No, it's not steamy because there's no humidity, but there's no humidity in Phoenix. It's, uh, you know, like the 30% humidity, maybe less as the day wears on. But uh, it it's very early uh, to be that hot, I must say. It was not an exceptionally cold winter. It wasn't exceptionally, like... It barely even had a freeze, I think, but it wasn't like very warm like during the, the daytime. So it was like just kind of, you know, medium, which for Minnesota would be like, you know, the greatest day in the world. Because, I mean, we all know what the weather's like there, but it's definitely getting uh, warm early, although I do like it hot. It like helps the body move, uh, feeling good. But makes you wonder what the summer could be like. And 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 by the way, these uh major league baseball guys that you know have had this idea that they think they're coming to phoenix 
because there's all these baseball fields around here and like every you know there's all all the teams that spring train like spring training is in two places florida and and uh, arizona and phoenix mesa chandler surprise it's all like suburbs of phoenix scottsdale it's all suburbs of phoenix so major league baseball thinks that they're gonna like they've got this idea that they're gonna bring every team every team to arizona and they're going to hold up in hotels and they're going to play on all their minor league ballparks with no fans. And my point is, have they ever thought about what the weather's like here? Because by the time it gets to be like June, it's going to be like 110 degrees, 115 degrees. Now, it's dry heat. Everybody says it's dry heat, but still. I mean, I'm used to it. I've lived in hot weather for a long, long time. I lived in Palm Springs for uh, what was it, three or four years? I mean, I taught there in the summer, 115, 118 degrees every day. I taught like eight, 10 hours a day. I mean, I'm used to it, but you just, you know, show up and it's 110, and that's a little hard to get acclimated to. Being a Minnesota boy, you'd have a little, you'd, you'd have a little trouble with that. You could melt. That could, yeah, that could it's happen. funny that you mentioned that, Hank, because when I first moved out to Washington, D.C., um, Minnesota is not a very humid place. It has its moments, but it's not too humid. I moved out to Washington, D.C., and that is by far so much more humid than Minnesota, and it's not even close. Oh, and yeah, I was they got struggling. some humidity there. Yeah, I was struggling. Yeah, you're struggling. Definitely. Now, you don't have that in Arizona. You got like, you know, they got the dry heat, but it's pretty much like you're, you know, you got your stand uh, in front of a big uh, hair dryer blowing on you is pretty much what you got. That's how that's how the summer is. Mm, yeah, that I sucks. Don't, I don't see they're going to not playing any. I just don't, man. I don't, I don't know how they're going to play baseball. I mean, I'm thinking about, you know, they're talking about in between innings, they're going to sit in the stands, not in the dugout, and they're going to sit in like, you know, every other chair, every third chair, so they can stay six feet up, uh, away from one another, which doesn't really make a lot of sense anyways. I mean, what do you do when a guy's on first base? You're going to be right next, you know, the guy's guarding first base. You're, you're right next to him. The catcher's right next to the the batter. The, uh, you know, anybody that, that, you know, slides into any base and the guy's tagging them. I mean, you know, this. I, I guess it's social distancing as much as you, you can. But what are they going to be doing? Sitting in the stands going to be like 110 degrees in between innings, and the sun's just beating down. I guess they could put umbrellas up everywhere, but it's they're so still. desperate for ideas. Hank. Yeah, they are. They're dead. And well, everybody, everybody is. Uh, you know, I was reading an article. Uh, my friend John Huggin, who I've done a lot of work with, but he has an article on uh, GolfDigest.com. He was talking about the uh, European tour and what. You know, they're talking about doing and, and and they're they're pretty much, you know, a lot of people are are complimentary of this Keith Pelly because he's he hasn't really said he's gonna do anything. He's just like waiting. Now they know things are gonna change. He said, you know, they expect the purses to be lower and and all this, but they they've got a, a you know they don't have a plan that they've announced yet. And and uh, John wrote about what the European tour. So like like you know one of the guys that's pretty you know uh, vocal about everything is Lee Westwood. Lee Westwood 
European tour players, plays on the U.S. tour as well, has for many years. Great player. Uh, you know, a lot of people has Lee Westwood on a list of, you know, one of the best players to never win a major. He's a, a, you know, a former world number one. He wasn't number one for a long time, but still, anybody that makes number one is an incredible player. And, and Westwood won uh, earlier this year somewhere. I think it was over maybe Middle East or whatever. He won, won over there. But, um, you know, Westwood's a he's a vocal guy. And like he was really critical when the PGA Tour played at the uh, Players Championship the first round and said, this is this is stupid. And he's critical of of this coming back in in June idea just doesn't see how it's possible uh, you know there's a lot of obviously a lot of flaws to it I mean they, you know they're talking about how they need all this testing we've talked about that the other day they need like a million tests bef- between the start of the, of the June season at the uh, colonial uh, invitational or whatever it's called the Charles Schwab Cup deal in, in Fort Worth they need to do like a million tests based on everybody that they've got and uh, going to be associated with being on the tour, even with no fans, no fans for four weeks. They still need to do like a million tests before the end of the year. You know, people are thinking like, how, how is how is that going to be possible? Another hurdle they got is there's 25 tour pros that are PGA tour pros that are stuck overseas right now and 35 caddies that are stuck overseas. So unless the travel ban gets lifted, what do they do about that? Do they give them, you know, extra like time next year to keep their playing privileges? Because you've got to finish in the top one twenty five to keep your playing privileges. So there's a lot of things that are that are up up in the air. The European tour though is just kind of sitting there and, and waiting to you know to see what's going to happen. They're excited about the fact that there's dates open at the end of the year, like like the fact that the PGA and the U.S. Open did not take later dates. You know, the U.S. Open's just adamant on playing it at, at Wingfoot. The PGA, I don't know what in the world they were thinking about scheduling it August, you know, 9th or whatever it is and at Harding Park in San Francisco. California just seems like it's going to be a no-go. But, you know, I mean, who knows what they're, what they're, they're thinking but but the European tour is excited about the fact that there's some open dates like before Christmas and they can maybe maybe fit in some some tournaments. But it it it's um you know it's it's interesting to follow. We've been we've been following a lot, but it seems like every day it changes, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. It it seems like a lot of organizations are creating plans, Hank, and they are all uh tentative. They're all tentatively scheduled and um Hopefully, they're hoping for the best, but don't be surprised if some of this stuff gets pushed back further and further. Um, yeah. However, they obviously want to get going as soon as possible, um, so that's why the June date is the tentative schedule right now. Yeah, well, you know, I was uh, I was listening or watching something, I forget what it was, but I might have been Major League Baseball, maybe that Rob Manfield, is, he's a commissioner of Major League yeah, Baseball. Yeah, Major League Baseball. And they, okay, and, and they were asking him, like, what are your – you know, what, what are your plans? You have all these alternate, he says, we don't really even have any plans. He said, we got ideas. That's all we got. So, and, and that, you know, the, the only one that really, really has a plan that's a stated plan right now, the first one out of the box is the PGA tour. I mean, they've, they've actually have, you know, okay, this is when we're going to play. Now I don't know how they think they're going to do that, but you know, maybe they will. 
maybe things will significantly change. Who knows? I would have to say that the PGA Tour, even though they are obviously a uh, a destination event where you got to go all over the place, I would say that the PGA Tour has a higher chance of succeeding at this plan, at this idea um, for sports during the summer than, let's say, the NBA or MLB. I mean, I can't, I can't buy the idea that the NBA and MLB are just going to store players and um, coaches and managers and staff in hotels for three or four months at a time. I just, that's so hard to fathom in my mind. No, I, I think they're just holding on to a last gasp hope that something, some miracle might happen and maybe the coronavirus just disappears. Like, uh, what was that other one that just disappeared? Didn't like SARS disappear or, you know, just all of a sudden it was gone. I mean, I don't know how that happens, but they, they say that's not going to happen with this one. But it did, it did happen. And it, it just all of a sudden it was gone. Maybe they're holding out hope for, you know, for the miracle, and then they'll be able to, well, which makes sense. And why wouldn't you just hold, you know, hold out hope? And, you know, miracles do happen. And they're holding out hope that, that something's going to, but I'm like you. I, I don't, I don't see how any of these ideas, ideas work. I, I just, I don't, I don't see how anything gets played, to be honest with you. And I don't see the, the how th- something happens without fans, the whole without fans thing. It's just, it just boggles my mind. You know, they're talking the Ryder Cup without fans. Did you see that? Yeah, Rory would not like that, he said. No, well, McElroy, yeah, he didn't like that at all. Yeah, I mean, how can you do that? Why Why would they do that? What, what's, what, why, even, why even consider something like that? I know these are just ideas and thoughts, and you kind of float stuff out there and see what the reaction is. But what, why, why not just postpone it till next year? You know, why don't you? Money. Uh, yeah, money. Exactly. It's all money. You know why? Because the PGA of America and the European Tour, they are, you know, it, they're the ones that, that handle the Ryder Cup. Okay. That's, that's the Ryder Cup deal. It's all, it is always that way. The PGA of America, like, started the Ryder Cup. They still own the Ryder Cup, even though, even though it, it's, uh, you know, it's just tradition, but even though the players are PGA Tour players, they're not PGA of America. So it used to be the PGA of America, you know, was everything. Well, and then it then it changed. And then, and then they invented, they, you know, broke off and they started the PGA Tour. This is, you know, back in the day. So they started the PGA Tour. And the PGA of America still has the Ryder Cup. That's where they make, you know, they, the PGA of America supports it. So I got like 20, whatever, I don't know, 27,000 PGA pros and, you know, who knows how many staff members and this and that. And that whole organization is is funded by really three things. One, dues from the members. I mean, as a PGA member, you, you pay, like, I don't know what I pay. I mean, I'm a lifetime member, so I get a little little, little discount but if you're a PJ member, it might cost you $300 a year, $350 a year. I might pay $250 a year. I can't, I can't remember what it is, but anyway, I pay some dues. Okay. Everybody, everybody, at least 27,000 pros pay dues. And that's one of the places they get their revenue. The other place they get their revenue is from the PJ championship. Cause that's a big money maker with the television contracts on the PGA championship, one of the, f- the four majors. And then the other place they get their money and they make a lot of money off it 
is is the uh, the Ryder Cup that PGA of America makes like sixty five million dollars off that something like that. They make a lot of money off the off the Ryder Cup. So so that's where where they get their you know their their revenue. Now if you push it back a year, you know and and you you, you know you've any way you look at it, it's it's cost it's costing you revenue. But what really happens is 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 you put you push the the Ryder Cup back. The PGA of America doesn't get their money till a year later, so that's that puts them in a in a hard spot. But the other thing is, is the PGA Tour has created the Presidents Cup, so the PGA Tour owns the Presidents Cup, and they make money off the Presidents. It's just a money grab. It helps them fill their coffers and use it for whatever. Well, the PGA Tour uses their money for a lot of things, so they use it to support the uh, Corn Ferry, you know, that the the feeder tour for the PGA. Uh, you know, a tour. They that's what they do. They they you know they support that. I mean, obviously they have sponsors, but still they have to underwrite some of it. Then then the uh, PGA Tour underwrites the Champions Tour. They have sponsors, but not enough to, to to handle the whole thing. So they underwrite that. So the PGA Tour has you know they have ways obviously to make revenue and and they make revenue off their tournaments and they also do it off of this uh, Presidents Cup thing. So if if just you know there's two different you know uh, corporations that own these events, the Ryder Cup and the Presidents Cup, and if you knock it back a year, which would be the logical thing to do, just let's just make it simple and let's let's push it back a year, and you know and just play it on the the uh, you know odd odd years instead of the even years. And this, the same thing happened at nine when we had nine eleven. That's what happened. They they pushed everything back a year. You know, you could you could do that because they're not going to play both in the same year. Because why aren't they going to play both in the same year? For a very simple reason: they, the, the players play for free; they make no money. And you, you know, ask them to do it once a year, fine. Uh, have their hold their feet to the fire. If they don't play, they they get ripped for uh, not you know playing for their country. Even though Olympians and other sports that only have to play once every four years opt out, and nobody says a word. You know, it's no big deal. So and so didn't want to play in the Olympic team. No big deal. Doesn't nothing gets written about it. But if uh, a pro golfer decides he doesn't want to play in the Presidents Cup or the Ryder Cup, oh my God, could you imagine what that would be? And and yet they have to do one of them every year, the, the you know Presidents Cup or the Ryder Cup. So anyway, that's why you know that that's not good. But I don't I don't say you got to have fans. I mean, the Ryder Cup without fans, that would just be you know that would just it's just such an obvious money you know we're just doing this for the money we're just you know but i guess people are so starved to watch anything what about you you just starved to watch anything tim yeah i mean the some of the things that are going on right now um you got the nfl draft going on tonight which will be an interesting watch and then the wnba draft that was last week and you wouldn't think that would gather any rating at all on espn that had the highest rating in 16 years i read People are just starving for anything related to sports. Really, the WNBA draft. Oh my yes. god! Yes. Uh, how'd your team do? Your 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 your, your favorite sports. Uh, <laughs> yeah, sports. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Your favorite sports franchise of all time is the uh, Minnesota Sparks or whatever they call themselves. Is that what it is? Uh, Minnesota Lynx. Wow. Why do I always get that wrong? I mean, I should know that. Minnesota Lynx. Okay. Uh, they were the champions. When were they the champions? I know you're a fan. You got posters on your wall of them and everything. Um, I don't know. They were like the they were the three time champions at, at okay. some well, you, point. What, who's your favorite player on the on the on the Lynx? <laughs> uh, Lindsay Whalen, but she's retired now. 
Okay, so he's your favorite pass player. You got a favorite current player? No, I don't even know who plays for them. Who would they draft? I don't what do you know. Mean, don't know. I, I don't know. I don't know. Man, that's not much of a fan. You said you're. I mean, you're a basketball guy. Have you been to a Lynx game, by the way? No. Have you been to a Timberwolves game, by the way? Absolutely. Have you been to a Vikings game, by the way? No. Have you been to a Twins game, by Minnesota Twins game, yes. by the way? Yes. You have. Okay. Have you been to a Golden Gopher, by the way? Yes. Basketball or football? Basketball. Football? No football. Have you been to an ice fishing tournament in Minnesota? <laughs> no. How can you how can you be Minnesota Tim, Minnesota Sports, and you have not attended these events? Don't you think you should put that on your bucket list? I probably should. It's it, it's a big disappointment, yes. Okay. All right. Well, that, I think you should put that on. Even, you know, if you have to buy a nose bleeder, just buy a nose bleeder, get up there and say, at least you could say you've been. I think the first time, the first game's back with the fans. I think you should be there. Get a mask and everything. Do you have a mask? No, I don't. Are you going to get one? Um, I have one if I need one. Okay. What does that mean? You it said you I, don't have one, but you have one if you need one. What does that mean? Yeah. You know, yeah. let's, why don't you come a little uh, little definition for me of what, what that statement means? It means I have one, but I don't really use it. So you do have one? <laughs> yeah. Scarf or, or mask? A mask. Where'd you get it? <laughs> My aunt makes them. Your aunt makes them? Yes. Oh, that's cool. Does she sell them? Yes. Well, let's give her a plug. Where do you get them? Ant.com or what? what no, no, no. She just makes them at her house. And then, well, um, I mean, does she sell them online? No, she doesn't. Well, maybe she should. Do they look any good? Um, I didn't even look at mine. She's your aunt and she made you a mask and you didn't even look at it? Yeah, I hope she doesn't listen to this podcast. That's kind <laughs> yeah. of insulting, isn't it? Uh, well, I don't know. Okay. All right. You just don't, don't seem to want to talk about this. What do you want to talk about? I, uh, I'm i doing some... Re- so last year, Hank, Thursday night, um, we did an NFL draft on, on Sirius XM. And okay. we did an NFL draft for the, last, for the next five years. Who would you take for the next five years? Okay. And we are one year into this draft we did um, on the PGA Tour. And yeah. I have your ten, top 10 picks right here. And I would love oh, you to do. Get, yeah, I have All your right, top well, let's, ten let's, picks. Let's let's take a break and let's let's see what my top ten. When were, these were my top ten picks last year. These were your top ten picks last year on the PGA Tour, and it was who are you taking for the next five years? Okay. All right, let's review that. We'll take a break uh, here from our sponsors. We'll be right back on the Hank Any Podcast. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury, with a reveal unlike any other. As Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer John Batiste. 
The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying Cal's a bust. He can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? My first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, Demarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> <laughs> bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to be That's my, my game. <laughs> Stay connected and never miss a beat with AT&T. Our reliable network covers more roads than any other carrier, ensuring you're always in the loop. Whether it's tournament upsets, buzzer beaters, or social media buzz, stay up to date. Don't let the action pass you by. Check if you're eligible for a free trial of in-car Wi-Fi at att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi. And keep the madness going. Always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. All right, Minnesota Tim. Let me, let's, let's hear it. Okay, give, me, give me what I got here. All right. Top so, ten picks. What yeah. was this again? Top ten picks for what did I? What we get? Read, read through this again. Tell, tell us what this is. Okay, so last year when I was your producer at Sirius, we did yeah. um, a top ten PGA Tour draft for the next five years. Who? Okay. Are you taking for the next five years? Your top ten, and um, it, you know you considered majors, you considered longevity. So I have yeah. your top ten picks right here, and yeah. I'll run through the top five. Okay. Uh, your your number one was Tiger. Your number two was Rory. Your number three was DJ. Your number four was Brooks Kepka, And your number five overall pick was Justin Thomas. Any reaction to those? Those are great picks. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I've been pretty obvious picks, but, I mean, I, those are great picks. I mean, how do you, you know, the only person you would think about sticking in there uh, for the next five years, based on what we've seen so far, well, based on the play this year, you got to be a little sketchy about Kepka, and you got to be a little sketchy about DJ. And the guy you would put, you know, the the one guy that's sitting in there to put in their place, I think, would be uh, Rom. So we're one year into this. Would you put Rory as number one over Tiger yet? Uh, yeah. He would because Tiger's Tiger's just he's obviously going to be very limited in his play. Yeah, yeah, you put Roy over Tiger. Although you know you got to think about the whole uh, major sort of thing and everything else. I mean, Tiger did win the major last year. Right, Roy yeah. didn't. Rory you know. hasn't won a major since 2015. Isn't that he crazy? Will, 
He will. He eh, will. I don't know. He's got the little demons going on there. Well, you don't think he'll ever win another major? No, he probably will. I'm just. <laughs> Come on. I think he will too. I just think he will. But t- <laughs> he's so good. It's, it's been ridiculous. five years. It's I mean, been look five at years. Look at all his statistics. He's like number one in in everything except for putting. And he's and he's you know last year he was decent in putting. Not quite as good this year in putting so far, but very short sample. Um, but he's definitely a better putter. He's not three putting as much. I mean, I I think you know Rory. Rory has more majors than him now. How many more? I don't know. I my if I was going to guess, I would say. Rory, before the end of his career, as good as he is, I think majors are hard to win. I think he's got three or four more majors in him. Wow, man. He has a one one for five years. That's just seems like such a long time. And that may be conservative. Huh. Yeah. Man. Justin Thomas, so I'm I'm very high on Justin Thomas. Yeah. Wedge game. All right. Here's your six through ten. John Rahm is your number six overall pick. See, there Justin, you go. yeah. Justin Rose was number seven. Xander Shoffley was your number eight. Ricky Fowler was your number nine. And Jordan Spieth was your 10th overall pick in the top 10 PGA Tour draft. Oh, man. I did not do great on that. Those are some. Shoffley's good. I'm good on Shoffley. Uh, Ricky, don't lose that number. Uh, I don't know. That's that's not looking good. (laughs) You Um, went with the rise to the occasion on Spieth. I do. I still like Spieth, but I don't. I, I, I you know, Spieth, Spieth is. I'm not saying this is what it is, but it is looking like it's. It's looking like he's got David Duval kind of statistics. I mean, I, I hope it's not a David Duval Baker Finch situation where the game is just totally gone and he never gets it back. I love Spieth mentally. You know, I, I, I just I feel like he'll be back. I don't know if he'll ever be back to top ten, though. I don't know about that. I mean, he's 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 a fallen fella. Top twenty-five. Well, I mean, it's either it's either a comeback or or nothing. I mean, it, it it's a bigger fall. He'd be the biggest fall ever in golf if he doesn't come back. There's no doubt about that. I mean, bigger than Duval, uh, bigger than Baker Finch for sure. He'd be the biggest fall ever in golf. I just don't see that happening, but it could. I mean, it could. Fowler is, I, you know, he still has so much game. Fowler top 10 is not is not a, a, a ridiculous uh, long shot. This is a five-year running thing. It's not like who finishes top 10 this year. Um, I would be a little concerned about Justin Rose um, and, and Spieth. Shoffley's good. Rom's good. I mean, I got, I got, I'm, I'm looking good on seven out of ten. I got three suspects: Rose, Fowler, and Spieth. Spieth, a big suspect. Rose, I think, a pretty big suspect too. He has not played good, or you know, in the last year, really off to a bad start in, in 2020 season. But who knows what will happen the rest here? He's, he's just a consistently really, really good ball striker, though. You just and he's gotten to be a much better putter, so he should be good. He should be good. I feel pretty good about my list. I don't know, you know, Cantley maybe you stick Cantley in there. I don't know who else you put in there. Song J M. Oh, I don't know. I mean, maybe. I'm not as high on. You know, he he's he's good. He plays every week. You know, he's won. He's yeah. I mean, I I don't I don't think he's a new sliced bread though. I don't see the statistics with him. I look at statistics, Tim. 
And he's he's a, a really good player. But I, you know, when somebody and he's young, so he can get better. There's no doubt about that. But when I look at statistics of these players, you know, Tiger, Rory, Dustin Johnson, you know, Kepka statistically not that great, but you can't overlook his major performance. But Justin Thomas statistically great, Rom statistically great, Justin Rose statistically great, Shoffley statistically great. You know, Fowler not as great as people think. Spieth uh, has been statistically great, but uh, you know, he's statistically uh, horrible right now. Cantley statistically great. Sunjay M not st- statistically great. I mean, just just not. You know, good and young. And could, could and certainly upside. What about the Michelin man? Uh, Chambly, or uh, what's his name? Uh, DeChambeau. 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 Did you see what he, he's, he's thinking about going to a 48-inch driver? Uh, tipping the scales at 239. Says he may take it up to 270. Wow. Let's see. He's a little off his rocker, isn't he? <laughs> oh man, it's not about size, Deshambo. It's about girth. Well, and him and him and his is like I might go. Did you see what he said about the forty-eight inch drive? The forty-eight inches is as long as you can go with the driver. And what he said about the forty-eight inch driver was he he said he said he said as long as I can hit it as straight as my forty-five inch driver. <laughs> you that's first off that's impossible. I mean, when you swing a 48-inch driver, you're going to swing it faster than a 45-inch driver. So right away, it can't possibly go as straight. So it's just a, it's, it's a ridiculous comment to begin with. I mean, because every ball that's hit offline with more speed is going to go more offline. So in order to hit a 48-inch driver as straight as a 45-inch driver, you would have to hit a 48-inch driver straighter than a 45-inch driver. You understand what I'm saying? Because you're hitting it farther with the 48-inch driver. You're just going to. You're going to swing a 48-inch driver faster. So it's the offline shots are going to go more offline. So in order to be as accurate with a 48-inch driver, you would have to be more accurate than you are with a 45-inch driver. That's impossible. Can't happen. You know, you get a longer club, you're farther from the ball. It's just not going to happen. Well, that's like a, you know, it's just like a, a crazy, this is just, a crazy statement. It makes makes no sense at all. He he's he's too out there on everything, and he doesn't, and he just doesn't putt good enough. You know, you know, he good, but no, nah, I, I don't, I don't think so. I like, I like watching him though. I like his quirkiness. I like his, you know, I like that he's on his own program. You know, I like his competitiveness. I like, uh, he's one of my favorite players, but he's a little out there. And the two set, what's his deal with the weight? Why is he into that weight thing? What do you think? <laughs> two seven. What, how tall is he? What is he, like 6'1 or something? 6'2, 6'3. How tall are you, Minnesota Tim? I'm 6'3. You're 6'3. Is, he might be about 6'3, too. He's 6'1. Oh, he's six one. Okay, he's six one. You're six three. He's looking for two seventy. You're at a buck fifty. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, huh? Think about that. He's almost two of you, bud. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Put you side by side. You got one. Uh, you got one. Uh, Bryson DeChambeau. <laughs>
Oh man, that's a, how about that thought? All right, that's uh, that's unbelievable. All right, let's. Uh, we talked about Brooks Kepka yesterday. I want to. I want to. I want to get into your favorite subject here in a, when we come back, and it's the the twelfth hole at Augusta. Oh, you just love to talk about the twelfth hole at the 2019 Masters. Love it. That's your favorite subject because you Mm. think that everybody playing that hole, except for Tiger, choked. No, not everybody. Well, everybody that had a chance to win. No, that's not true. Well, who's on your list? Xander, Patrick Cantley. They didn't choke on that hole. Okay. The other guys did, though, according to you. Yes. Yeah. All right. We'll get into that when we come back. Uh, let's hear from our sponsors, including Voodoo Pain Relief Cream. Um, a lot of people are trying Voodoo Pain Relief Cream. And here's the thing. If you've got uh, arthritis pain or back pain, arthritis pain affects like 50 million Americans, something like that. It's like one out of every two Americans. I think I, think I read this the other day. says, says they'll, they'll suffer some kind of back pain. With Working Americans say this within within a year. Uh, if, if you've got any arthritis, any muscle soreness from working out, whatever, taking a jog, running 26 miles like Minnesota Tim does with his marathons, whatever it is, uh, try Voodoo Pain Relief. Can you get a free two-week supply? Just go to VoodooPainRelief.com. The return rate is next to zero. The reorder rate is almost 100%. People try it. They reordered. Here's your chance to try it for free. Just go to voodooPainRelief.com and check it out. I'm sure you've tried other products, but you've not tried something that works like this. VoodooPainRelief.com. We'll be right back on Hank Any Podcast. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying, Cal's a bust. He can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? That's my first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, DeMarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> <laughs> bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. 
Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to be That's my game. <laughs> Stay connected and never miss a beat with AT&T. Our reliable network covers more roads than any other carrier, ensuring you're always in the loop. Whether it's tournament upsets, buzzer beaters, or social media buzz, stay up to date. Don't let the action pass you by. Check if you're eligible for a free trial of in-car Wi-Fi at att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi. And keep the madness going. Always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. All right, Minnesota. Set it up for us here. What do we got? All right, so um, Brooks Kepka Instagram Live with Claude Harmon III. Okay. And um, same thing we were talking about last time. We teased it. Okay. Um, so here, let me set it up like this first. So I think this is important to say. Okay. So Claude Harmon III asked Brooks about his major success, his major championship success. And something Brooks said, he said, he's so conservative in majors. He called it conservative aggressive. One of his goals isn't to really attack as many pins as possible, but just play more conservative, conservatively aggressive and put the ball in the middle of the greens and two putt for par and make birdies when you need to make birdies. Okay. Now you want, you want me to define that for you? Sure. Okay. Well, you, first off, you can't play that strategy unless you can overpower a golf course. But when you're Brooks Kepka and you're playing a par 68 every time you tee it up, then you can do that because there are no par fives. There are only par fours. So really, these top players, Kepka, Rory, Tiger, you know, name them all. I mean, everybody at the top of Rom, everybody at the top of the, top of the list, all the, the, the guys, DJ, I mean, all of them. They hit it so long that there aren't any par fives. So when they start the tournament, if it's a par 72, there's 16 under par for the tournament when the tournament starts. If they just par the par threes, par the par fours, uh, you know, and, and birdie the par fives, there's 16 under. You don't have to shoot 16 under to win major championships. To win major championships, you know, 10 under gets it done. You know, Jack Nicholas won 18 major championships, and, he, you know, he was the best there ever was at shooting 10 under par. And, and, and that's pretty much the, the score that will we'll get it done. And, you know, a lot of times you don't have to shoot that good. At, an, at a U.S. Open, you don't have to shoot shoot that good. You know, it, some years at the other majors, you don't have to shoot that, that good either. So if you're only having to get to 8 or 10 under par, you, you, you don't have to, to do that much to, to get there if you're a guy that's playing, you know, with no par fives. And, and that's why that strategy works. It's a, it's, a, it's a great strategy. It's not a strategy that somebody can employ that doesn't have the length that those players have. But, but when they do have that length, they, they, can, they can employ that strategy. Now, when you, know, you say you're conservatively aggressive, Peter Costas used to say that all the time. Peter Costas said a lot of great things when he was doing, you know, his telecast for for CBS. I mean, I miss I miss him being on there because I I I always felt like, you know, he he came up with some really good stuff. 
And one of the things he always came up with was he always said that he's he's the one that coined that phrase, you know, conservatively aggressive. And and what he talked about was is that when a player had the ability to work the ball, he could play conservatively and, and, and aggressive at the same time, meaning that if the pin was on the left side of the green, he could hit the ball to the center of the green and draw it to the pin. So if he didn't draw it, he he was in the middle of the green. Okay, just two putt, make your par. If he you know draws it to the pin, okay, you, you got a shot. If he pulls it a little bit and it doesn't draw, it's 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 close to the to the pin too. In order to to miss it badly and badly in golf is when you miss on the short side. Meaning, if the pin's on the left and you miss on the left, that's a short side of the hole. And if you miss over there, you have a difficult up and in. But in order for that to happen, you've got you and you're aiming at the middle of the green. You've got to hook it or pull it all the way across the green. So it's it's harder to to get to that really really bad spot. Obviously, the opposite if the pin's on the right side of the green, hit it in the center of the green, fade it to the pin. That's what Peter always said was conservatively aggressive. Not many players can do that, but the players who hit it a long way have a better chance of doing that because one, they're hitting wedges in or nine irons or eight irons or seven irons are hitting something shorter in and, and you can be more aggressive without having to worry about missing on the short side. And then, you know, players that can shape the ball both ways, like, you know, Tiger was to me, with the irons, the best at, at, at doing that. That's why he was so good at proximity to the hole. That's why he's so good with strokes gained, approach shot to the green, and dominated that statistical category all the time. And that's how you get, you know, conservatively aggressive. And the ability to two putt is a big thing. You know, lag putting is a big thing. It's one thing to two putt and have to sweat over a four or five foot putt. It's another thing to two putt when you can just step up there and brush it in. You know, Kepka has has been able to do that at major championships. You know, this last year, or right now, if you look at his statistics through 2020, now, I mean, you know, I, I know they're not playing right now, but at some point they're going to play. And if you look at his statistics, I mean, they are not good. I mean, they're they're not even close to good. Uh, his his three putt avoidance statistic is 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 horrible, and his putting statistics bad too. I mean, like way up there. Like I think he's one of the worst on tour at avoiding three putts so far. I think it's over like like a very high, like five point five percent or something like that. So it's a, it's a high high number. So you know, will he all of a sudden just turn it on at the major? Well, yeah, probably because he always he always seems to do that. You know, that's just kind of the the way that 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 he plays. But that's what that means when they're talking about that. Okay, all right. So let, let me read some more of um, Kepka's quotes here, and then we'll get right into the Augusta National 12th hole, what he said about okay. that. All right. So Kepka says, My goal in a major is to never make a double bogey because bogey doesn't kill you. Kepka also continues, he says, I feel I can beat everyone mentally on the golf course. Um, this was interesting. So um, after, tw- after the 12th hole that we'll get into shortly, um, Kepka eagled the 13th pole par five at Augusta National, and he basically put himself right back into the tournament. And Kepka shares this. Um, when he was on the 15th hole, Kepka says he was going to point at Tiger Woods if he made eagle on the 15th hole par five at Augusta National. Kepka thought it was in, and he was ready to point at Tiger standing in the fairway on the 15th hole. He missed it, but it was pretty close to going in. And then on the 12th hole, 
um, that he put it in the drink. Kepka goes, he thought he'd make birdie on the 12th hole when the ball was in the air. He thought he hit a great shot. He felt like he hit a great shot, um, but it just ended up short. Okay. Well, that, that, that's and, – and if you hit a great shot and you think you hit a great shot and you felt like you hit a great shot, how, does you, how do you think that means you choked? So here's my question, okay? <laughs> All right. How can, question. I got, if a guy chokes, he knows, he knows that when he, he got over that shot, he was really nervous. And when he hit the ball, he did not make a good swing. And he knows that something not good happened to him. Yeah, he knows that. When you get over a shot and you strike a ball and you think that felt perfect and it doesn't work out, you don't walk away from that situation thinking, geez, I did not come through when the pressure was on. That was not a good feeling standing up over that ball. That was not a good feeling when I made that swing. Let me quote my friend Hank Haney here, okay? Yeah, okay. Let's hear it. There's a difference between feel and real. <laughs> okay. What does that have to do with this situation? He felt like he hit a great shot. He did. But the outcome wasn't actually because what he you've felt. got you've got pine trees there. You have a lot of swirling winds. The wind, you feel you'll be standing on the tee, and the and you feel the wind at your back, and you look up at the green, and the pin is blowing back to you. And frankly, you don't know what the hell to do. You think, geez, is this downwind? Because if it's downwind and I hit this a little too hard, this it's 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 literally it literally like probably fifteen yards. I mean, maybe twenty yards from the water, you know, from what would go in the water, which is just hitting on the bank. Okay, it's probably fifteen yards from the, from the water to over the green where you've got no chance. So you've got such a small area from front to back. And you're standing there and you feel the wind at your back and you look up and the flag is, is pointing towards you. And you think, what the hell is going on here? I mean, is this downwind or is this into the wind? Okay, if it's into the wind, if I think it's into the wind because the flag's coming back at me and I hit this, you know, nine iron that I'm hitting and I hit it, you know, as hard as I'm planning on hitting it and it turns out to be downwind i'm flying the whole green i'm gonna be up in the bushes and then you think okay this is you know if this is downwind but it turn, i think it's downwind and i got just it's a little easy nine iron or a wedge here brooks kepka and and it turns out to be into the wind this thing's splashing in the water so you stand up there you make your absolute best guess based on your experience and nobody has more experience there than Tiger. You make your best guess at the experience that you've had. And you stand up. You commit to the shot. And you hit the shot that, that you're committed to. And Kepka did that. That's what he's saying. I, hit, I, I, I thought this was a shot. I hit the shot. I, and it, you know, it, I struck it perfect. In my mind, when it left the club, it was a perfect shot. And it didn't turn out. 
that's that that's what happened. Now you could say, you could you you could you could say uh, you were nervous and you made a bad decision. But that's not that that happens sometimes. Guys choke on decisions. But the twelfth hole at Augusta is an experienced guess. And the more experience you have, if the wind's blown, it's an experienced guess. Like one of the things that always, you know, gave me, you know, uh, trepidation is is when I was at Augusta, you know, either watching Mark O'Meara or Tiger, and it was a, a day when the wind was blowing. And I knew that the big hole today, there's going to be one big shot today. I mean, there's a lot of big shots in, you know, 18 holes of championship golf, but there's one big shot today. And the one big shot today is going to be the educated guess that they make on the 12th hole at Augusta. That's going to be the, that's going to be the shot. And it's just, you know, you, and you got to hit and you got to get lucky too, because you could hit, you could hit uh, a, a perfect shot. You've got the wind judged. You know, you know that it's it's uh, you know into the wind just a little bit, and you hit the ball. And I mean, you you, you decide it's into the wind a little bit. You go through your routine. You you picked out the shot, and now you hit the ball. Now that that took at least you know some period of time 10 seconds 15 seconds whatever it took some time before you when you made the decision to when you hit the ball well in in 15 and now that you've hit the ball and it's in the air for 5 or 6 seconds whatever okay so so the time period is is 20 seconds in that 20 seconds if the wind velocity changes even just one or two miles an hour, your ball could go in the water. If in that 20 seconds, your wind, the wind velocity change, and it does. I mean, that just happened. So there's a lot of times when it's just luck. You know, it's, it's luck. Now, luck can go your way. You might have, you know, picked out the wrong club. Uh, it was going over the green, and you hit the ball. And right when you hit the ball, the wind gusted, and it came up perfect. I mean, that happens, too. You know, but other times you pick the right club, you hit the right shot, and then all of a sudden you hit the ball, and and in mid-flight the the wind gusts, and next thing you know it's in the water. That's that, that that's stuff that like I don't think the average guy really understands, Tim. <laughs> I mean, you're the average guy. Well, here's too. something that they should have done. Let me give advice to the PGA Tour. Okay. Yeah, let me give yeah. some advice to the PGA Tour yeah. players. Okay. On the twelfth hole, uh, it's well, better not, to be long than it is short. No, so no. just hit it over the green into that's the bunker, splash it out, true. put it in. You, 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 first off, the, the, that bunker's not very deep, so it, it might not just go over the green into the bunker. It might go over the green into the bush. Yeah, and you know you, the problem also that you have is is that your your tendency is to play to the left like if you're not quite sure and you think okay i gotta keep this left and when you when you do that you know at the last split second you either pull across a little bit or you close the face a little bit and the ball goes left and when the ball goes left you deal off the club and when you deal off the club you 
hit it farther. And next thing you know, you got in the bushes over there. And now you got, you know, nowhere to drop it. You got to pitch across the green over the bunker into the, you know, with the water on the other side. So it, it's, it's not just as simple as just hit it over the green. You can do that kind of a little bit on the, when the pin's on the left, when the pin's on the right, it, it, it's just not that simple. It all sounds really good when you say it fast, but it's not that simple. Anyway, that's, uh, that, that's kind of, you know, Kepka's point on no doubles. Let, let me get into that a little bit. That's the same point that everybody makes. <laughs> like Steve Williams used to, you know, I mean, you know, Kepka didn't think this up. I mean, Steve Williams said that at every single major that we were ever at together, you know, 24 of them. I mean, it just every time he, he would actually 25 of them, I think. But but uh, he, he would say it every time. He said, if we can just if we don't make any doubles this week, we'll be all right. You know. And, you know, Tiger made doubles at. Tory Pines at the uh, U.S. Open, and he ended up ended up still winning. But the reason that they say that is is that birdies are harder to come by at major championships. So if you're giving away shots, you know, two strokes at a time, it's just really hard to to, to make up for it. It becomes really difficult. Now, why do you make double bogeys? And, and it, it brings you to my three keys to golf. You make double bogeys because of penalty shots, uh, you know, an out of bounds, a, a lost ball, a ball in the hazard. I mean, you've got a, a good chance of making a penalty shot. I mean, I'm making a double bogey if you have a penalty shot. The next thing is, is you you make a double bogey on a on a what I call a two chip, where it takes you two shots to get on the green from close proximity to the green. In other words, you're on a par four, you hit your second shot, you miss the green, you've you've flubbed the chip. Doesn't get on the green. Now you're on in four, two putts, double bogey. Okay, now you make a double bogey because you you're on a par three. You miss the green. You chip it up. You three putt, double bogey. So penalty shots, two chips, and three putts. That's the that's the key, and they they lead to to double bogeys, and double bogeys are definitely killers in, in major championships. He's 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 right about that. But every, everybody has that same formula. That's not just you know, Kepka's formula. And when you see guys that have good rounds, and I've seen this, like Ricky Fowler is, 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 you know, everybody says Ricky Fowler, Ricky Fowler, Ricky Fowler win a major, Ricky Fowler win a major, Ricky Fowler's going to win a major, Ricky, you know, this Ricky Fowler's going to win a major stuff. You know, I mean, does he have the game to win a major? Yeah, of course he does. Uh, odds are he won't win a major because they're hard to win, and he hadn't won one yet. And the clock's a ticking. One thing that he has going against him big time is that he makes a ton of big numbers, like a ton. I mean, the, I wonder how many majors he's he's been through. We got to look this up. How many majors he's been through where he's gone through the whole tournament and not made a double bogey? I mean, for that matter, he makes triple bogeys a lot. I mean, he did at the U.S. Open. At the, you know, I mean, he just he does it. Now, sometimes he'll he'll make a double or triple, and then he'll make you know four birdies and make up for it. Next thing you know, he still shot one under. But the problem is, at the end of seventy-two holes, that triple comes back to haunt you. You just it's it, guys that win major championships don't make double bogeys. You know, it happens occasionally. Tiger's done it, but but that's Tiger. You know, he's done things that that nobody's ever done. Yeah. 
That's a, it's a, it's a, it's a good strategy, but you know, you gotta, you gotta just make no mistakes. That's hard to do. That's hard to do. All right. Good stuff today, Tim. Really good stuff. Uh, the call in number 833-426-5763 extension 801. Uh, follow me on Twitter at Hank Haney, email questions to Hank Haney golf at outlook.com and hit the follow button on the iHeartRadio app or your Apple podcast app, wherever you get your podcasts. And we'll be there every day for you with the Hank Haney podcast. Hope everybody has a great day. Stay safe, stay healthy. We'll be back again tomorrow on the Hank Haney Podcast. Thanks for tuning into the Hank Haney Podcast. Listen, follow, rate, and share on iTunes, on the iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. And you can make your thoughts and questions heard by emailing the show at hankhaneygoff at outlook.com. And you can also tweet me directly by sending your tweets to at Hank Haney on Twitter. The Hank Haney Podcast is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Infinity Presents, a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from The Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Tired of restless nights? At Lisa, we know good sleep is essential for mental, physical, and emotional health. From memory foam mattresses to hybrids that keep you cool all night long, Lisa's mattresses offer exceptional comfort and support with free delivery and 100 nights to try out your mattress in the comfort of your home. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com iHeart for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details. This is where projects come to life. Our showrooms are designed to inspire with the latest products from top brands, curated in an inviting, hands-on environment, and a team of industry experts to support your project. We'll be there to make sure everything goes as planned, from product selection to delivery coordination. At Ferguson Bath, Kitchen, and Lighting Gallery, your project is our priority. Find great brands like Bosch at your local showroom or visit us online at ferguson.com build.